We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you this week by my FFPC on uh, on the Rotoviz Radio Network. Uh, we have big news today before I introduce myself or my co-hosts and that is you are currently listening to the 100th episode of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by my co-hosts, Nathan and Dan. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Uh, man, I knew this thing felt rehearsed because I've done it at least 50 times. And you've said, uh, and you said as always, uh, at least 83 of them. So, right. That's uh, totally true. That's a correct. One, that's a correct. 100. Yeah. Yeah. How did we, we make be, it? We would be dead if we were a person. 
probably a good a good dozen of Nathan Death Death, you know, Mike and um shoddy internet because he plugs into a potato his roommates i mean my favorite part of that dan was your internet broke up yeah that was was actually incredible (laughs) you're like he's plugged into a potato all right we can cut back no 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 we're not cutting that this show is going fully unedited so that's the surprise that's not a good idea that's (laughs) gonna happen Unless, unless of course, Nathan goes on one of his traditional rants. Oh, about, <laughs> yeah, about no. uh, the spelling of Demetrius Robertson? Did you cut that? I don't even remember if you did or not. <laughs> Demetrius. It's not, right. You just said Demetrius. The name isn't even Demetrius. It's Demetrius, Demetrius. Robertson. You said Demetrius. I can't believe this has hit two killed. shows of the trade. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is three two. Uh, okay, it's one hundred, man. We're gonna we're gonna get off the rails almost immediately. We are basically going full bull rush this episode, I think, and maybe we that's are. the strategy. Yeah, we we're just so gonna are. we're just gonna let it roll. There's no script, okay, except for the script that we have yeah, and the things that we have this. to talk about today. So, yes, actually, that's a bunch of written word, um, but it's too blurry. Dan holding that up to the screen for an audio podcast. Notes. Perfect. That's great. Um, so, anyways, uh, for a show that is unscripted, we are going to be doing a mock draft today, um, keeping it fun and casual. It is rookie season. We are what three weeks away from the dynasty or from the uh, NFL fantasy ugh, fantasy and dynasty? No, Eric, it's just an NFL draft. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Three weeks or so? Two weeks? Three, I think. Right? No, it's 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 three weeks from the day this comes out. Ooh. Or no, two weeks from the day this comes out. Two yeah, weeks, I was about to say yeah. we are. The, the days they are flying by. So uh, that's that's phenomenal. So we're going to do that. Um, and then, um, and then you know, that's going to kind of be the show, but we're going to keep it loose and fun. Um, I did not take the time to, like, go find the very first episode of the Tradecast and, like, take clips from that. Um, but I'm not promising I won't do that by the time <laughs> I edit this thing. I do have it if you need it. So why don't we – oh, I've got it. Why don't we just um, – why don't we just go ahead and leave this pause here as we remember – 100 episodes of the Dynasty Tradecast. And I may or may not stick something after it. And back in, back in the day, we used to talk about two players and then do a game. Now we talk about like 12 players. So we've, we've advanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yes, we have. Uh, all right. Was there something there? I have no idea. Uh, so on that note, let's go ahead and dive into the show. Uh, and uh, and I'll, first I'll tell the listeners about... What I always tell you about, and that is uh, our fabulous provider, Rotoviz NFL Pass, um, rotoviz.com, who provides the NFL, the Rotoviz NFL Pass. Uh, and it's a listener's only 30% discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription, as always, gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also helps support the pod. So if you've been listening to the pod for 100 episodes, it might be time for you to step up your game and support the pod through a Rotoviz subscription. It's not only great for the show, it's great for you. Uh, so you can contact us via email. That's rotovizradio at gmail.com or slide into those Twitter DMs. That's at rotovizradio. And Rotoviz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz shows under Rotoviz Radio, and you can find us on our individual 
individual feed. If you're listening there, great. If you're listening on the Road of His Radio actual stream, that's fantastic too. Uh, but if you do want to find our individual feed, simply search for Dynasty Tradecast, a Rotoviz fantasy football podcast uh, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. I think we're pretty much on all of them. So make sure you clips, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Uh, okay, that was a mouthful. Nathan, uh, you know what? No, Nathan, I'm going to throw it to the person with bad audio today. <laughs> And that is going to be Dan. No, so. Eric, you should throw to yourself because you have the first pick, you idiot. Well, no, <laughs> I, uh, why don't I, I? Why don't I have somebody introduce it so then I can take the first pick, Nathan? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get it back to Eric in a second. Uh, we'll we'll preface the entire thing by saying this is just a basic PPR format league. You can think of it in those terms. So basically, we're just going based on talent right now. Obviously, we don't know any landing spots. We'll talk about those. We'll go through, you know, some good things, some bad things, um, and we'll all have our own takes, which will be fantastic. So uh, Eric got the lucky draw, and he gets the 101, which is very impressive this year. So Eric, why don't you go ahead and take it? Yeah, it makes me think we should do lucky draws in all my leagues because I don't have the 101 anywhere. So I feel like I'd, I'd run hotter there. Uh, I mean, this one's super easy. I will, I will take Saquon Barkley with the 101. Uh, Barkley's valuation is through the roof. Uh, the 101 has been trading for things like Zeke plus something else, um, which is just completely absurd. So um, I'm not sure that Barkley can live up to the hype, but the difference between the 101 and 102, as with many years, is a complete chasm. Chasm? Chasm? All right. Yeah. This, it's, like, <laughs> last two years, you've said the word chasm like eight times. I'm like, no, yeah. Eric, it's chasm every single time. I, I, it's clearly a word I don't know how to pronounce, and I continue to try, uh, much like most of our guests' last names. So, really, I'm just. <laughs> Just keeping it consistent, Nathan. Uh, so Barkley, uh, I mean, obviously there's a couple different landing spots. He's kind of being rumored to go pretty much as a lock in the top four. I think Cleveland said they're going to pick him at four if he's there. Uh, and, I mean, I think all four teams up there are either rumoring to trade away so teams can get up to Barkley or rumoring to make the pick themselves. So uh, what that leaves uh, – who's got the third pick? It's fleeting on me now. But Cleveland, Giants, and – The Jets. The Jets. And the, the Jets, Jets aren't picking running back because they're picking quarterback because they traded up. Yeah, correct. Um, that's yeah, you're absolutely correct there. So well, let's say one, two, and four. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see anybody else getting him I, unless you guys see it. I don't see a scenario where he really falls out of the top five. I don't think he gets past seven. I don't think he goes in the top four. I, I don't think Cleveland is going to make that step. I mean, it's Cleveland, so they might go Allen Barkley, and that'd be the worst draft in the history of drafts. Um, but I, I honestly don't think he gets past seven. I don't think there's a chance. I think either Indy or Tampa will grab him. Um, that's good for them to sell tickets. It makes Tampa Bay's offense insane. Indy needs something right now. That's why I don't think he gets past Indy because of this whole Andrew Luck fiasco. So now they can kind of shift everything and make it all about Saquon. That's, that's good for Indy, not necessarily great for draft capital for within the actual draft obviously it's great for for Barkley but uh, we we always have this talk about you know running backs being too early and being over you know overdrafted um i think i think that might be more of a money thing than anything for Indy when they when they take him i think that's my take is that Indy will draft Saquon Barkley yeah it's interesting because i think that if Barkley ends up going to Indy or Tampa that actually ends up hurting this running back class because 
Indy and Tampa are the two premier running back landing spots, in my opinion. So Barkley's going to be the one-on-one, regardless whether he lands in Cleveland, New York, or wherever it may be. But yeah. if if Chubb or Geis or, you know, any of those later guys we'll talk about in a little bit end up in Indy or Tampa, that kind of cements them into that um, 102-103 range. So I think that it's that more of a conversation – pull you that doesn't change your tiers though does it like you're not like okay now it's guys and barkley are you if no they... no 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 it's more it's more of just that it, i think guys is pretty much locked in that 102 as well unless he falls in the nfl draft so it's more of a conversation of a michelle a ronald jones any of those guys go to india or tampa and they kind of vault themselves up to that 103 yeah, I totally agree. I think, and I think that's enough on Barkley. I don't know that there's going to be, and maybe some idiot's going to do it, but somebody's going to go full Kevin White and draft some and draft like guys at one hundred and one. Don't don't go full Kevin White. You no, never no go full Kevin White. No one's going to do that. And and just so we can get this one last Saquon Barkley thing in, let's stop nitpicking. It, it, everything everything has been so vaulted high up with him that. Now it's getting to the point where maybe he can't possibly live up to these expectations because he's supposed to be the second coming. The issue now is becoming that, oh, well, he didn't run for 100 yards in this game. And it's like, it doesn't matter. He's an all-purpose guy. He's going to do everything everywhere. He can run it on the ground. He can catch the ball. If he didn't have 100 yards rushing, he had, he had 100 yards all-purpose. That's just how he works. He's going to get it done. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to get the yards. Let's stop nitpicking and just appreciate what we have in front of us. And get the opportunity. Right. He's going to have the opportunity because he's not going to go. He's definitely not getting outside the top 10 unless like his plane crashes on the way to the airport or something. Wow. All right. Well, let's go ahead and cross our fingers. That's messed up, Dan. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to have an eerie moment if Dan predicts the future here. Uh, okay. Let's kick to Nathan, who's got the 102 and is now on the clock. I will select Darius Geis. And I, I think that there's some rumblings through the Dynasty Twitters. Oh, Geis could fall into like the second or third round of the draft. And then maybe he's not the 102. I think he's all but locked into that 102 spot. I think some nice landing spots are Detroit and Seattle in the middle of the first round. Both those spots would be really solid for guys at places where he could be a workhorse back. Um, he's had 29 touchdowns in, in his final two seasons in college, has a workhorse profile of 5'11, 218, 400 carries his final two seasons. He's done nothing but succeed. And the only thing that's really slowed him down in his career is that. He, he had played with Leonard Fournette for two years. So, I mean, yeah. you know, having that type of guy in front of you will make less so in, 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 in 2016 just because Fournette was hurt. But, you know, it did slow, slow down the start of his career a little bit. But I love me some guys, and I think that there's definitely some solid landing spots for him to fall in the middle of that first round. Well, and I think, I think guys, though, the, that's not necessarily a bad thing. At college workload, I know, gets brought up, but I really don't necessarily view it as a bad thing as far as, like, there's not as many miles on the tires. See, uh, I think that that's a bit debatable. I think that people use that as, oh, he only had 124 carries in college. No, that's a terrible thing because if you only had 124 carries in college, that means that you weren't good enough to get carries. So, I mean, I, I, I get your point. Well, of, but, oh, but you I mean, know. if you have Leonard Fournette in front of you, how, I mean, how good can you even be? Right. I'm not fighting that particular point. I'm fighting the point of people who are going to say, oh, it's so good. This player only had this many touches in college. No, in general, Oh, the more touches you have, the better you have, the better you are at football. And, and I, having... I totally agree with that for the record. And I think I, I'm pointing out the Fournette and then probably our next pick, it, it, whatever that is, is probably exactly the same scenario where if you have somebody who's just a, a, an NFL stud in front of you, that's actually like kind of a secret blessing. 
but we we saw the the limited work with guys like Alvin Kamara last year, and if you watched him, you saw the player. If you looked at the box score, you saw, oh well, he couldn't even beat out Jalen Hurt. Well, you're talking about Tennessee, who for some reason had had the you know they thought Jalen Hurd was like the greatest thing ever, um, and now we're seeing what Alvin Kamara can do. Obviously, he, the Saints help him; they prop him up a little bit, but at the same time he's he's a force so i think i think the workload in in college has to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt obviously you don't want somebody with a trillion carries coming in the nfl but like nathan said you also don't want somebody that didn't do anything at all split time it's more and more common even at the college level uh because these big programs get so many so many talents look at georgia right now they have four guys that legitimately will be nfl running backs right now not not counting chubb and sony michelle they literally have four guys right now that are going to be NFL running backs. Anyways, let's talk about Darius Geis, who, what do we got, like 30, 3,300 yards all-purpose in college? That's pretty solid, especially when you consider having to deal with Leonard Fournette for most of it. Obviously, he had one year um, without, but that's that's positive. I think I think most of his positives have been brought up everywhere. I think the big knocks on him are kind of the injury bug. Um, because he, you know, when he plays at anything less than a hundred, he's not the same player. He looks a little, a little sluggish, doesn't have the, and he doesn't have crazy burst to begin with. He has good burst. Um, but when he's not feeling it, he's, he's just kind of, I don't know. He's kind of slothy. Um, and I don't love that. He's not an elite pass catcher, but he's good. Uh, he, he can definitely do it. We, um, we need to see his route running improve, but outside of that, I think, I think he's one of, if not the most complete, aside from Barkley, obviously. Um, we just need health. And, and that's you know what comes with the territory, that we need health with everyone. But I think he struggles a little more with the injuries. What um, So so landing spot-wise, I know Nathan mentioned it, but we're not thinking that somebody like Geis is going to – nobody's reaching for Geis to go to like Indy or Tampa, right? No. I, I think if, if he goes to Indy or Tampa, it's a trade-down scenario. Yep, trade trade down is most likely. I think somebody will look to move back and gain capital. Even maybe that's a Cleveland move. Maybe Cleveland trades ba- trades back with like Buffalo and gets their two first and uses one of those picks to get a guys or get you know one of the, one of the other guys. Um, just because we know that Buffalo wants the quarterback and maybe the guy they want isn't going to be there now for them. So um, I, I like you know a trade down scenario. Otherwise, someone like and Nathan even put it on the doc. Someone like Seattle. Um, they that would be a, a, outside of that offensive line being horrendous. That would be a great opportunity. That would be big time to be able to play with Russell Wilson, and that would give him someone legitimate in that backfield that he hasn't had for a couple years now without Marshawn. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. And that is now Dan, as the listeners might have guessed, is now on the clock at the one hundred three, as they might have guessed also. It me. I, I tried to. I tried to trade back, but. Uh, I was asking too much. So with 103, I'm taking Georgia's Nick Chubb. Thought and, about Sonny Michelle. And I've but, been sniped. Yeah, so we were going through this in our Voxer chat, and the second I typed it, Eric's like, sniped already, third day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's um, that's nice. That was good. It felt good. Yeah, um, ruined my day. Crazy athlete, this this Chubb guy. Even even after the ACL, people didn't really think that he was the same guy. And, and I don't know that he's fully back to what he was pre injury because pre injury he his his first couple of years he was like seven and eight yards per carry 
which is just asinine. Even that was limited uh, because of the the other guys around him. But you know, he's got he's got something like five thousand all purpose yards in college. So that's that's okay. I, I think I think we yeah. can make do with that. <laughs> and, yeah, and, it's 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 purely injury, right? If you're going to give something about Chubb, that's the only negative thing I think you can say about him. Yeah, that and and um, wasn't really used a ton in the passing game, um, but that might be a Georgia thing rather than rather than a Chubb thing because I think he's definitely capable of it. Uh, I don't see I don't see any issues with that part of his game. Um, I still think he's working his way back from the ACL, which is really he's completely healed, but he's pretty darn close to what he was. And, and, you know, he's got, he's got a really high spark. Nathan, wasn't he like 98% spark or something like that? Yeah. So, something around that range. Um, for me, the one thing I do worry about with Chubb is, and maybe this is just the fact that, you know, big draft Twitter doesn't really know what they're doing, but I've seen some of like the bigger draft analysts, like uh, Matt, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report say that Chubb's going to go in like the third or fourth round of the NFL draft. And certainly that's something to worry about because, I mean, a couple of years ago when JHI dropped to the fifth round of the NFL draft, everyone's like, well, now the NFL teams know something that we don't, and that's why right. he dropped. And Ajayi has had some early career success, but there's still that looming over people's heads of the fact that he has that knee injury. And that's going to be the same thing with Chubb, especially if he falls in the draft. That'll show that NFL teams are more worried about it than we are. So, I mean, the only scenario where I don't see Chubb going 103 in most of my drafts is if he does fall to that third round of the NFL draft. But other than that, he had a very, very good combine, especially for a guy who maybe it still wasn't 100% healthy, but it was an injury from two years ago. So uh, I, I think there'll, there'll be a battle of people saying, oh, like he's never going to get back to 100%. That might be true, but he still could be a very good NFL back at 90% of what he was as a freshman. I mean, he still job. ran a 4-5. If he's, if he's at 90%, <laughs> then that'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, and his, his straight line speed's never been elite. So I, I wasn't, I, you know, I'm not super worried about that. His explosiveness is still there, which is, that's his game. I mean, he, he, he can just blow you away from any point and he can stick his foot in the ground and go. Um, going back to Nathan's point, though, about the health, I think I think if he clears everything really well with medicals as he meets with teams and, and goes through all that stuff, uh, I haven't heard any of the rumblings. Maybe, Nathan, you, you had or, or maybe Twitter or whatever. Um, I hadn't really heard anything about people being worried about it as they were with Jay Ajayi because he basically failed all of his, and they were like, well, "This guy can't even play with this with this thing hanging off of his off of his body." Right. Uh, the, the, that that was, leg, yeah. that leg was is it might even still be like half dead. Um, I don't think that's the issue here with Chubb. No, no. Right. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying in that scenario, if he does fall, that would be something. To worry about. Right, yeah, and that's that's going to be why he's not going where Saquon's going or where he's probably going to go after guys. He might even go after Sonny Michelle because somebody could fall in love with the way he runs. But, um, you know, if he hadn't had that ACL and he kept producing those crazy numbers as he was early on, you know, the, the eight yards per carry, uh, we might be having a conversation of Barkley versus Chubb. I mean, so, can I can I hop in? I mean, the the – pre-combine I think it was and, and kind of looking at people's rankings it seemed like everybody had Sony Michelle above Chubb in their valuations is is that my just making that up did everybody no, have there. Chubb at the 103 because that's that, like Chubb at the 103 as a lock seems a little bit conf- not confusing but definitely feels like I have been sleeping a little bit at the wheel here 
I, I would disagree. I, I would say that it was pretty 50-50 on who, who preferred Chubb versus Michelle. I definitely don't think there was a consensus one way or the other. And I think that yeah. leaving, leaving the combine, the consensus tended to uh, sway more towards Nick Chubb. And, Dan, I'll, I'll go to you with this one. Um, in, in terms of where he goes in the NFL draft, if we're not concerned about the medical, do you think it's in that early second-round range to maybe a Tampa or the Giants? Or do you think it's maybe later in the round to maybe a Baltimore in the second? Yeah, I think early two would be, you know, like I said, I'm not too worried about medicals right now. If somebody comes up with something, then then they'll, you know, maybe they spread it around and they can get him later. And maybe he does fall to the third. I don't think he gets out of that early second. I think the Giants right there make a ton of sense if they don't do something stupid and draft Barkley at two. Um, I, I just... I don't see how he gets past that because he is he is an elite college talent. You know, he's he's on that that tier and the one downside to him is that ACL. So if anyone legitimately has that concern, then he could slide to the third. But I think I think it's honestly the Giants there in that early second that makes so much sense. It, and what about what about late first? Seeing anything that makes any sense there like the Patriots reaching for him? Probably have to be a leapfrog. Someone probably have to trade up. Honestly, one of those, maybe one of those early second teams that are like, "Hey, the Giants are going to take them," or somebody else. You know, maybe maybe Cleveland, whoever has those picks there. Hey, they're going to take him. We need to leapfrog. It might be one of those types of things, but I yeah. don't think anyone in that late portion, uh, unless you know, maybe Geis and Chubb end up kind of going in that same range. But I think those late, those later teams kind of are going to be looking more in like offensive line and cornerbacks and, and defensive line help. And t- typically teams that are trading up into that late first, they're, they're very concerned about that fifth year option. And with a running back, you're not as concerned about making sure you can exercise that fifth year option. You're, you're fine getting the four year deal. Yeah. It makes total sense. And there's not a lot of fits uh, just from a, just people who need running back at the end of the first for the record. So that makes total sense. Uh, okay. I am next up on the clock at the one Oh four and I will go with the aforementioned Sony, Michelle, Michael, Michelle, um, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. I, I tried not to make the joke already, but I, we talked about it in Voxer. So I'll just back off of it and throw it in. <laughs> you gotta, you uh, gotta say it like Ben Stiller in dodgeballs fitness concierge, Michelle. <laughs> you what what does he say in Zoolander? You Google eyes? Is that what he says? <laughs> you Google. I read my own you Google. <laughs> um, okay, and I think this is this is consensus one hundred four. I think this is pretty much chalk. Uh, no surprises here. He blew up last year. Um, has been splitting work with Chubb. Looked fantastic at Georgia, where they just crank out running backs. Um, I, I think that this is this is pretty. This is pretty much chalk. So I don't have a whole lot to add to Michelle other than I think he's just going I think he, I think he's going to, to really blow up. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, he, he had twelve hundred uh rushing yards, sixteen touchdowns in that final season. And that's with splitting the uh time with the aforementioned Nick Chubb. So I mean there's not much not to like about Sonny Michelle other than the fact that it took him like three years in order to him to get this kind of workhorse profile. So um I, I think that the fact that this the, the middle the middle of the first round in this year's draft is kind of ugly as it stands right now. I think that, you know, yes, people love Barkley and then there's some love for Geis and Chubb, but I think that it starts to get very muddy in this area. I, I don't necessarily agree that it's a huge drop after Michelle. I think he's more with the rest of these other guys that are going to pick the next few picks. Yeah. I think that, I think that tier break is, is pretty, pretty clear. I think early on pre combine um, people had Michelle up, up above, uh, Nick Chubb and in that conversation with the RB2 for the class 
just because of you know it was right after bowl season and and we're getting to see him you know go crazy yeah. and there's a lot to like you know he's he's that no nonsense put your shoulder into somebody kind of guy and he can do just about everything um like nathan said there's there's not really any glaring holes um and he's got the he's got the production profile even with limited with limited work which i mean you can't you can't really go past that so i think i think sony's probably the cut line of of this tier and this is probably the only tier in the whole rookie draft where i would say a good landing spot puts him into the chubb and geis tier and a poor or mediocre landing spot puts him back into that mid-range first tier all right let's move on to our next one it's going to be the 105 i will select dj moore out of maryland uh, I think that the, it's definitely a hard choice here between the wide receivers that are available on the board to who can be the wide receiver one. In super flex leagues, this is where a lot of the guys like Rosen, Mayfield, and Darnold will be off the board by at this point. Yep. Um, but but in one QB, this is wide receiver one, DJ Moore. Um, had a 53% dominator rating in college, 97 percentile. Broke out at 18.4 age, 98th percentile. This guy has is a metrics. you got to love him from both a production standpoint as well as the combine ran a 4.4240. 88th percentile catch radius. You know, the, the metrics people are absolutely in love with DJ Moore and for good reason. I think that he could go in the first round of the NFL draft. The the popular, you know, mock draft landing spot is Dallas to be a team that, you know, he's going to go opposite of Des Bryant. And then Des Bryant doesn't seem long for Dallas. So maybe DJ Moore can evolve into that wide receiver one in the Dallas offense with that Prescott. Yeah, I think I think DJ with the with the you know the big final year in college definitely helps. Um, obviously, the combine kind of made him more of a household name. Everyone's talking about him now. Uh, there's you know his size is just about ideal for you know for the way he works. Uh, the issues that I see are kind of. He's not super aggressive. He's he's not he's not like gonna run through a corner to to make a make a play. He just kind of backs down a little bit, and his route tree is kind of limited. He didn't he didn't do a ton in college, and we can probably blame a little bit of that on Maryland because we also saw Ty Johnson struggle a little bit with bad quarterback play. Uh, so you know some of that can be blamed there, but but he didn't they didn't ask him to do a ton, which is. You know, it is what it is. You can blame that on college. But, you know, aside from those few things, super agile. Feet are absolutely tremendous. And those metrics are freaking awesome. That 18.4 breakout age is is awesome. If you if you dig around on Twitter at all, you find lists of guys that broke out around that age. And there's legitimately elite players on that list. So I think that'll keep him in this in this kind of middle range tier. He's my wide receiver, too. There's one guy I like better who will actually be the next pick, but um, I, I think he's very deserving of the wide receiver one spot. I just happen to like the next guy a little bit more. I would like to see him. I would like to see him Nathan's go true. <laughs> go to Dallas, like Nathan said. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we could definitely see him in that. Nathan, where where do you think he's going in in the physical draft though? Like, do you have, do like, you have a clean where, where spot? Dallas picks like eighteen or nineteen wherever Dallas picking? You don't feel like that's a little bit early for more? I mean, it, it could be, but I mean, in, in regards to like, if you think about a, a poor wide receiver class a few years ago with Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman went 15 to the Browns, 
And so this is another poor oh, – it's not a poor wire receiver class because it's deep, but it's poor at the top. So I, I think that's that, that so, someone going in, in the teens is definitely uh, – the wire receiver one going in the teens of the NFL draft is certainly a high probability. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's a stretch at all. I, I think that makes sense. Dallas Dallas would be would be probably option A for me. Um, okay, are we, so are you guys definitely one, seeing him going in the first round though? I, yeah, again, it's it's all it takes is one team, you know. I yeah. I mean the the combine I think solidified him in the late first for sure, and then if somebody falls in love with him, I mean we, we've been hearing him to Dallas quite a bit and usually that you know that that can just be smoke but a lot of times wherever there's smoke there's fire so i think there's a connection there we'll see what happens maybe one of dallas's guys they like a little bit better slides maybe they can add to that defense but uh, i mean that that seems like an obvious choice especially like nathan said Des aging a little bit maybe maybe they move him inside and and um have but now now that's the problem though with with Dallas. So I'm kind of backtracking on myself. So now they have Hearns who plays inside. They need to move Dez inside because he's deaf and Cole Beasley. <laughs> so so they have three inside guys, Dez, like, and then you go and draft another guy that kind of projects to work the same way. And maybe you know maybe Hearns doesn't even make the roster. Maybe he gets hurt and they cut him. Yeah. I, I don't know. And, and if, if, if DJ Moore, if DJ Moore isn't a first round guy, I think there's really only one guy who go in the first round other than him, and that's a guy that's going to go off on a few picks. So I disagree, uh, and I will say why with my 106 pick, who happens to be Cortland Sutton. Um, hi, Nick Whalen. Um, it Cortland <laughs> for me. I mean, he's he's your prototypical size. You know, he's he's six three, like two twenty. That's, I mean, you you don't really get much better than that uh he's not a burner you know he's not blowing anybody out of the water which you know is what it is you don't necessarily need to it's kind of more like a like an alshon jeffrey-ish type and i know comps are bad but uh that that link kind of makes a little bit of, of sense to me metrics are solid metrics are definitely above average he's he's good in most places um as far as you know the the smu portion that didn't help a ton because when he did play against higher end competition, he wasn't great. Um, I mean, he, he held his own, I want to say, but it just, it wasn't, wasn't the best. And um, for good things, he's amazing in traffic, really good over the middle, super physical, which helps. Um, The one other bad thing is after the catch, he's not like craziest. He's, he doesn't really have that yak ability. Um, I mean, he can do it, but he's not going to blow away any of those cornerbacks. He'll get caught by safeties, and that's not super ideal, but he's he's got the body type and, and all of the athleticism to go up and do whatever he needs to as a, as a true one in the NFL. Yeah, I'm on board with Dar- – uh, not Darnold. <laughs> I'm on board with <laughs> Darnold. <laughs> Darnold Sutton. Darnold Sutton, he's a good guy. Uh, I think that, you know, back when we were talking uh, Cortland Sutton as a Debbie last year, I was saying, you know, the one concern with Sutton would be his draft capital. But Corey Davis going five overall last year kind of, you know, smashed the chance of, oh, you know, a guy who's not power five can't go in the first round of the NFL draft. So, I think Sutton certainly has a chance to be be late first, early second. And he's a guy that, you know, he's the one guy in this class that profiles as a guy who could be a, you know, 60 catch for 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, I don't think anyone else in this draft profiles as that number one wide receiver. So I think the upside's there with Sutton, but the floor is also there. Yeah, it is crazy. The wide receivers in this class, just in stark contrast to, to 
other dynasty drafts just is is kind of ludicrous. Is there's only just the talent. I mean, of people projecting out as wide receiver ones just seems super duper low. Um, but I mean, I share basically all of your concerns with Sutton as the small, the small school kind of freaks me out, but, um, I, you know what, I'll trust, I'll trust Nick Whalen on this one and trust dynasty Twitter and you guys on this and just say like, I, I, I'm going to put that aside and go forward with, he's a talented wide receiver who will break out. No, all, right. all right. Now that I'm on the one Oh seven, I will make my pick. And this was one of my guys that I was really looking forward to seeing in the combine. And he pulled up lame in his first run, I believe. Um, and that is Ronald Jones. Um, he's a guy who has looked great at USC for the last two years, uh, gone over a thousand yards each year, uh, went for 1500 last year, 19 touchdowns. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of bad things to say about him, but the big one I think is kind of the the mystery around his injury. Uh, I think he, you guys were saying he ran at his pro day. I actually wasn't even aware of that. Uh, but he ran his pro day. Looks like he ran like a four or five, um, which isn't isn't quick. But if he is coming off injury, it is probably okay. But um, but yeah, no, it is. Uh, it definitely was a little bit frustrating to see him come up lame. I was actually pretty upset about that on my Twitter timeline because I've been kind of excited about him. But maybe <laughs> no. that's actually if I, if I'm if I'm excited about him, maybe that's actually great news. Is because now there's kind of doubt, and whenever there's doubt on Twitter, whenever there's doubt in this in this process, suddenly I can get Jones who maybe we would have talked about it like the one Oh four. If he ran some crazy numbers, suddenly I'm getting him at the one Oh seven. So I, I I'm going to take Jones and just kind of dart throw. Once we start getting into this part of the, of the first round, that's kind of all you're doing anyways. It's just hoping you get a guy who sticks. Yeah. And earlier I talked about the dream landing spots of India or Tampa. If Ronald Jones ends, ends up in India or Tampa, he's very much in that conversation with the one Oh three. Um, and that, that, that's yeah. how much people are excited about uh, that. Those possible landing spots, other possible places you could go. Maybe um, the Eagles, at the end of the second round, the 49ers, if they trade up in that second round, he's probably going to go in the second round um, where I'm surmising where Ronald Jones ends up. So I think he's, he's a solid value here at the one Oh seven and, he, he's a guy that I don't think he's ever going to be that workhorse at the NFL level, but he's certainly going to be a guy who can get, you know, 15 to 17 touches and be an RB2, RB3. And I think that's ideal, you know, because he's not he's not super big. He's, he's pretty slight, actually. Um, and the, the other issue that with that, because he is kind of smaller-ish, that he doesn't really shy away from contact. So he's constantly putting himself in harm's way. I mean, it's football where everyone's getting hit constantly, but he doesn't shy away from it. You see a lot of those other guys that just kind of duck out of bounds or, you know, maybe juke and just go down. So him kind of welcoming defenders isn't something I super, super love just because the way he's built. Um, And originally he was drawing a lot of comparisons to Jamal Charles and then he wasn't healthy and decided to run. And everyone's like, oh, nope, he can't be Jamal Charles. It's like, watch him play football. We, he's not healthy running. <laughs> you can't base anything off of that. He plays very similar to what we saw in Jamal Charles. And now I'm not going to go ahead and call him Jamal Charles, but he has that type of that's that's the kind of back he is. We're not. This isn't a ground and pound guy, like Nathan said. We, but we need has to upside see, is what you're saying. What you're saying? Big time upside. Yeah, big time upside because he is explosive. He's he's elusive. He's like. He's he's what you want in that scat back. He's what you wanted with Jamal Charles. You know he that that comp still makes sense to me. Again, we know comps are silly, but that makes sense to me. Um, the health is my issue, and the 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 frame. That's it. I love Ronald Jones. 
what let me ask you about his, his receiving because he really didn't do a ton of it at USC. Um, and obviously that's something that Charles did a decent bit of as a PPR back. Is that is that concerning to you or do you just feel like it's the, not the way USC did their thing? Because it looks like looking at his stats, I mean, I'm only seeing 14 receptions in 2017. I, I think that the the numbers as far as the number of catches a guy has in college can be so misleading. People were, were talking about going into uh, Melvin Gordon's rookie season. Oh, he didn't have much. He I think he had maxed out at like you know ten or twelve catches at Wisconsin, maybe twenty catches in his last year. And I think that for the most part, it ends up being a part of your role thing. And if you look at him as an athlete, you can see that he will have the ability to catch the ball and run with it. So, I mean, it's not like every single, you know, skinny, fast guy is going to be a great receiving back. But yeah. Jones profiles as a guy who is going to be able to receive the ball if he is, gets involved in the offense. Melvin Gordon was the same thing. He was a guy who profiled as a guy who should be able to catch the ball and run with it. And he did, he's done that with 30 and 40 catch seasons in the NFL so far. So don't always just look at, oh, he had 12 catches in 2016, and that's why he's not that good of a pass catcher. Also, just look at his frame and, and how he plays the position. And you need to go back and look at what the rest of the team did. Stephen Carr only had like 15 catches. So that, that to me just says USC didn't do that. They, they didn't play football that way. Um, they ran the ball and they threw their receivers. That's what Darnold did. That's what USC does. So, um, I, I, yeah, like, like Nathan said, don't, don't worry about, about the number of opportunities. Just look at what was done with the opportunities and what could potentially be done with more. Okay, and then one other question for you guys, because Jones would have been my pick above. I, I probably would have taken Jones close closer to the 105 than what you guys did. So I'm just curious, how close is this tier for you? Um, how close is Jones? You mentioned that uh, an amazing landing spot would vault him up to the 103, but how close is this? Um, you know, if say you do need a running back and you're, suddenly you're starting drafting for need, are you reaching? Is it is it really much of a reach to take Jones over, say, DJ Moore or Sutton? Don't draft for need. End of story. <laughs> Fair enough. Which we've talked about on this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take take best player. I, I think. I well, think he's maybe clearly... just answer the question of how close are they to the to the other picks for you guys? How close well, is Jones to the other? He, he's he's for me. He's outside of of the top four. And I don't think you know the the landing spot could vault him there, but just based on pure ability leading into it the other guys are complete backs ronnie jones is more That's of a step back dan, guy. dan he, he wants the comparison of more and sutton not the other backs no i understand that so I, i'm i'm saying he's he's behind that line um but he he definitely mixes well with this tier i think there's i think there's probably three or four more guys you can add to this tier uh whether you know, whether you like the wide receivers or you like the running backs, I, I think I think this is where it really, really gets messy is that that more that Sutton and Ronnie Jones and the next couple of picks, I think, are really just jumbled and could be put in any order. All right. That answers that. Let's go 108, Nathan. Ha ha, sniped you. All right, at the 108, this is the pick that I'm going to make in, like, all my rookie drafts, and I'm going to cringe when I'm doing it. I'm going <laughs> to hate myself for doing it. <clears throat> and it's going to be – Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Calvin Ridley as a prospect. He uh, had a 20.7 uh, breakout age for a 43rd percentile, has a limited catch radius, 22nd percentile. He did show some speed at the combine with a 443 40-yard dash. Um, but really this is all about where I project Calvin Ridley to go in the NFL draft. 
he is the guy that I think if I'm an, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting he's the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft, and that makes me most excited because he's going to get the early opportunities, the early targets that a wide receiver someone who's selected as the wide receiver one in the NFL draft is going to get. So this pick is purely based on the opportunity he's going to get. And I, I often take the side of the NFL draft. When the NFL draft severely disagrees with, with Dynasty Twitter, Calvin Ridley is a guy who people rank as the wide receiver four, wide receiver five in you know many Dynasty circles. But Ridley is a guy who I think is pretty much locked in as a top two wide receiver in this draft from a draft perspective. So I'm a cringe when I'm making this pick because I don't like his draft profile. <laughs> But he's going to get the draft capital, so that's what it is. I want to say I want to say that his opportunity is his upside. But even with opportunity at Alabama, I mean, he caught a ton of balls, but he didn't really do anything with them. Um, you know, he he's he's solid. He's not good. He's not great. He's old. I don't know if you knew this, Nathan, but he's actually Kelvin Benjamin's great uncle, which which surprised me. I was just looking up facts and stats before the show, uh, and that one was crazy to me. Um, I actually wrote on my my list here, uh, old as shit. So um, there's wow. there's that. The, how old how old is he? Uh, 23, 24. He's, he's, he's 23. 23. 23.3. So he'll be 24 before the NFL. Man, that's like or he'll be about pain stuff there. <laughs> so um you know that's you know whatever age is age dynasty people are crazy about age uh the big thing for me is his size he's tiny and he doesn't have any room to grow uh there's a lot of of the scouts and whatnot are talking about he's what they want to call thin-skinned which there's nothing there he's just a little dude um so he's not going to be able to get bigger you can always say oh he can add bulk he can add mass he's, he can't what does thin-skinned mean like what does it that just mean that he's mean everything he bulk up Tight skinned, maybe, maybe tight skinned. Maybe that's the same. What on earth are yeah, we talking? No, what? Yeah, I'm actually very curious what that means. Like, does that mean he has like no, he can't he has add no space to bulk? Yes, he has no space to bulk up because everything is like, yes, that noise is what Get that boy some whey protein. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he's a late first guy for me. I wouldn't take him at 108. There's a few other guys I like more, uh, but like Nathan said, the draft capital is going to be there. That is his legit upside. He's got some nice speed. Uh, outside of that, he's kind of a poor athlete. It, it is what it is. Fundamentally, he's super sound. Um, you know, does does everything pretty well. Not super great at anything. Um, but like, like I said, some, fundamentals are solid. So I think he's just a good and a, he's a good wide receiver. He's not a great athlete. If I we mean, want to go is, there, is this is this going to be? he's going to get drafted similar to the way John Ross was drafted just be, just purely based off speed or Drew Archer. Right? No, 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 not at all. doesn't have that speed. Doesn't have that speed. And he didn't, he's got a much better profile than, than John Ross. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a fine NFL wide receiver. I, I think he plays a good number two role wherever he ends, ends up going, but I just don't see a ton of, a ton of upside. His, his floor and his ceiling are like the exact same thing. All right, fair enough. Well, with uh, getting through the 108, we've entered just past the midpoint of the draft, which means it's time to tell you guys about our sponsor. And that is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Fantasy Football Players Championship or the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, for most people, it's the offseason, but not for our friends over at the FFPC. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC has best ball leagues that are drafting daily with entry fees starting at just $35. They have slow and live drafts. And if you like Dynasty, which I don't know, I'm guessing if you're sitting here listening to us, 
do a dynasty first round mock that you like dynasty. Uh, the FFPC has almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single one of those dynasty leagues is folded in eight years. New dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, and after mentioning our friends over the FFPC, I mentioned last week, if you listened, uh, that you could go to my Twitter timeline and talk about your favorite Tradecast, um, for, tr- talk about your Tradecast moments. Sorry, guy with a motorcycle revved out front here. And uh, and uh, we would go ahead and reward you with a, a free $35 entry over the FFPC. Um, so going to announce the winner now. Uh, let's get some drum rolls, boys. <laughs> This show, it is just so high tech. Uh, it's exciting. You know, it's been a hundred times of doing this dumb show with you guys. I, I'm what I'm doing now is delaying. There was no, that we never we've never done a drum roll though, so that yeah, was no, a, no, that's that's untrue. Yeah. If you know, if you knew, if you've listened to the show, you know I've done a drum roll before. All right, uh, let's let's stop fooling around. Uh, the FFPC winner is at the FFRX. Um, and, and he threw out his favorite moment, um, and uh, it was an epic Dynasty Jeopardy. Um, uh, that was the first it, Dynasty Jeopardy failed. It was our first iteration. If you go back and you listen to the show, it was it was with Waz, I believe, and potentially yeah. the worst moment in this <laughs> podcast history and worst game. I don't know, though. There's been some bad games that we've tried to roll out there. You got a worse one? It, it, it was bad. It was bad because you guys didn't pay attention. That's why it was bad. It was. I put a lot of time into that stupid game, and I put even more time into the new version that worked because everyone tried. And yeah. if you'll notice, we've done like the same four games for like the last thirty episodes. So we need more games. Give us games to play. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I, I believe in us being able to, in the next 100 episodes, create more innovative games. No, I don't, I don't believe in us whatsoever. <laughs> I can't believe we've lasted this long. Derek, congratulations. Uh, thank you for throwing the word favorite in there with an unnecessary U. Yes, that's all you Canadians and Europeans that put U's in words that shouldn't be there. Stop it. Why are you taking shots at our international crowd? Please, I'm sorry. Man. It's unnecessary. Take the lazy American way out and just <sighs> no, no extra U's. Yeah, I'm go sorry. to your, if you're if you're British, go to your coloring book, take your lift up, <laughs> and uh, and then you know take your favorite lift up and uh, color in your coloring book. <laughs> Mind by me. Those are the only things that I know about Britain. Bangers that and more, that was more offensive than me saying don't use you. You told me to go color in a coloring book. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> might be right. I'm not sure. Offensive <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right let's get back to the draft can Derek, congrats hit us in our dms whichever one you like most and uh we'll get you all set up with that ffpc entry heck yeah and hopefully you win you will he's really good he's, he's yeah. really good at fantasy football all right back to the draft <laughs> with the 109 pick i am going to select rashad penny who I'm actually surprised lasted this long. He's he's been kind of the talk of the town. Um, there's there's some love and some hate for Rashad Penny. Uh, I'll start with my love. Um, he's a four thousand all purpose yards guy, which is massive. You know, averages seven point five yards per carry over his career. That is 
special. So what I see when I watch him, he's he's an elite. I'm not saying he's good or great. He's an elite pure runner. He might be the best pure runner in this class as far as just just the running back portion. We're not talking about receiving because that's a different story. We'll talk better about than that. Saquon, in a bit. Huh? Pure runner, yes. He's better. He's better than Saquon as a pure running, pure, 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 pure runner. Great speed. He's fluid. He's strong. The issues. He is. Uh, so he can catch the ball. He's not very good at it, but he can. But he is absolutely a liability on passing downs because he, in in all of the time I've watched football, he may be the worst pass blocking running back I've ever seen. He like runs and hides from it or turns turns into people as they're trying to get th- it's the grossest thing ever. So that is like the one knock on him. If he could catch the ball, this guy would be up with Barkley, he would be up there with Geis and Chubb. He would absolutely 100% be in that tier. Another knock on him is that he has the upright running style which I think over time we've proved is entirely irrelevant. Um, you know, it's just one more thing. It opens him up to extra contact, but he's built in such a way that it does not matter. He'll run through arm tackles. He'll run through form tackles. He'll run through anything. And he finishes those runs strong. He doesn't, he doesn't shy away. He doesn't lay down, puts a shoulder into people and gets through them. So this is a safe space. So I'd like to admit to some lazy scouting here. But the reason why <laughs> welcome, I don't... Welcome to my side of the fence, Nathan. Welcome over. <laughs> I've watched reason, a lot of Rashad Penny, for what it's worth. The, the reason why I don't like Rashad Penny, or the reason why I'm not as high as people who are taking him in that 105, 106, 107 range, is because of San Diego State. Because Donnell Pumphrey, who also put up a bajillion yards, 6,405 yards in his four college seasons, he got some hype last year as, as a sleeper running back but didn't really do much in his rookie season and doesn't look like he's ever going to get the opportunity to do so. Granted, Penn is going to get uh, higher draft stock and going to get more of an opportunity. But part of me just sees San Diego State sees that there was a similarly explosive, you know, crazy numbered back last year, and he hasn't done anything. So this year I don't see why there's much of a difference. Who is the other guy who hasn't done anything? Donnell Pumphrey. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were trying to make a a good point. Yeah, doesn't Denell Pumphrey like three and a half feet tall though? He is that. Yeah, he's five nine. <laughs> he's five nine one eighty. Yeah, that he he never had a chance. That's that portion of it is irrelevant. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is a man child. He's a freak. He ran better and tested better than everyone thought he was going to in all of those drills. He he was absolutely a combine winner. He's going to be drafted relatively early in the NFL draft. I don't think he'll be a first rounder just because of the passing game portion. Yeah. Uh, but I fully expect him to be that mid late second ish where someone who maybe already has a pass catching back, maybe someone like a San Francisco decides to move back and get someone like Rashad Penny. Could you imagine that offense with a pure runner and Jarek McKinnon? <laughs> um, Penny's actually a guy that I have seen tape on, guys. Speaking of lazy scouting, and that is because I have seen so many people on Twitter just posting videos of Penny running that I can't help but watch. He's scary, them. scary uh, good, and yeah, it, it's great. But yeah, I mean, I think the the concerns about pass blocking, and I think it was actually you, Dan, who I saw on Twitter who made a take that I actually stopped and looked at uh, for information. So that's shocking. Uh, but, but it was the take that he was so bad at pass blocking uh, that it was like noticeable. And that's a huge deal for NFL teams that keeps you off the field straight up. So uh, 
it's a guy that I, th- I think rightfully so fell to where he fell to. But again, this is this is the part of the show where we start looking for upside, and it's definitely there with Rashad. You can teach him to catch a football. You can. I don't know that you're ever going to teach him to pass block because I, I don't I don't understand that mentality there because he finishes runs, but he won't take on the contact. It, it's so weird to watch him try to do that. And and in that tweet that you stopped and read, I, I said yes. Rashad Penny is so bad. He might be the worst at pass blocking I've ever seen, but I don't care because he is so freaking good at just being an app, just an, a regular running back. He's such a See, good but I don't think you. Star. I don't think you threw out that second part in the tweet. You were like, it definitely was there. Go back and look. Everyone right, else, go look. find it, retweet it. Um, oh, make man. sure I'm given all the credit for Rashad Penny being elite. <laughs> all right, we're, we're, we're running it. long, so let's uh, rapid fire these last three. Move it on up. Um, all right, I am on the board, and this is uh, one of noticeably or notably not noticeably uh but notably one of my crushes from before this year and i'm kind of just holding on uh and that's james washington uh wide receiver for uh oklahoma i almost said oregon oklahoma state university um same difference he has been insane um and just watching him and i actually have watched washington because i really enjoy the tape but he did he kind of reminds me of like an aj green um at least in kind of the way he's built and catches the football the way Uh, he's built He's, yeah, he's stocky. He's stocky and has long arms. He looks like a running back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Degree's like six four. All right. All right. You're fair making enough. me angry. I don't like James Washington. <laughs> well, okay. Well, here's what here's what I do like about James Washington, um, and that is just his pure college production is insane. Uh, the guy's got over four thousand receiving yards in his college career. Um, has been productive since sophomore year, over a thousand yards each season. Um, is a touchdown machine. It's just, I mean, there's nothing to dislike there. Um, but he really did have just a mediocre combine. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think like he has not. He has not aged well, is what I'll say. Is, is it seems like everybody's just down on him. That almost twenty yards per catch is kind of sick. That that I will give. I think I think Mason Rudolph in this whole equation is being slept on a bit. Uh, I think he's better than people think. But James Washington can produce in the right situation. Obviously, there's some volume there, but either way, he's 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 doing his thing out there. Um, the the concerns for me and and I I love that profile I love the production the the not being a super great athlete the stocky portion he's like five ten five eleven yeah um, upon upon getting railroaded there it is five eleven <laughs> so you not know, not taller super <laughs> doing, well when they're when they're short <laughs> when they're short and clunky like that you would expect them to be kind of burnerish and he's more quick than fast. I mean, he can get behind defenders, but he's not, he's not blowing a corner off his coverage. That's, that's just not going to happen. Um, but he can track the ball. He's, he's, he's really freaking good down the field. So maybe they throw him in the slot and just have him run, have him run nines from the slot and see if he can get mismatches on safeties or linebackers. I, I think, I think when used correctly, he could be a force, but I, I think he might end up being forced into a system that, or forced into a spot where he needs to work outside. I don't think that fits for him. I think he needs to be inside. I think it's also worth mentioning his breakout age. I know we talked about it before, but his breakout age is also insane at 18. Yeah, that's solid. Like I said before, that list is so is so impressive. Um, and and he's, he's kind of progressed a little bit differently through the years, like you maybe mentioned, Eric, becoming a little bit 
you know, a little bit less sexy through time. Um, yep. But he's he's a solid big dude, so he's built for the NFL. Um, I, I just think he needs to be used correctly. All righty, let's move on to our next selection. It is going to be Christian Kirk of Texas A&M. This guy is the slot special in this class. He He's a guy that doesn't really project as, you know, a touchdown hog with the 13th percentile catch radius. He had a 12.9 um, college yards per catch, 27th percentile. Not a guy who's going to be getting you, you know, that those big plays down the field. But he's the guy that's going to pick you up some first downs. He had, had a 73rd percentile dominator rating in college, 18.8 uh, breakout age. So also checking the box there. So uh, Kirk is a guy that he's not going to win you any games in, in the NFL or maybe even really in fantasy. But he's going to be the guy who's going to put you up enough points to, you know, keep you in the game and to just have some solid production. So I'm a big fan of Kirk, but I, I do think there's a bit of a cap ceiling. Man, I was I was such a fan of Christian Kirk, and I see a lot of the things that I saw in Sterling Shepard. He's he's such a, a good pure receiver. I just you know the the limited upside is what kills me with this first round. Obviously, if you're picking here, your team's ready to compete. So maybe the points this makes a ton of sense, and and maybe I'll move him back up my boards. I, I kind of slid him down a little bit, um, it, you know, just just because there's some other guys that that I think profile as someone that's potentially going to get you know the big yards per catch and touchdown percentage and whatever but um there's a real possibility someone gets him and gives him some decent volume and he's a poor man's jarvis landry um i've been yelled at on twitter before for saying that but that's literally what i see he's he's a sterling shepherd he's a jarvis landry and that's not a bad thing i love both those guys and i should like kirk more than i do um so maybe i need to just kind of change my tune Okay, uh, Eric, do you have anything on Christian Kirk? I do not. Okay, we are <laughs> going to finish it up with the... Uh, Eric said we needed to have a reach, and I don't have a reach. Uh, this is a guy that I would have picked before, like, three of these wide receivers. Um, it's John Kelly from Tennessee. He is not propped up by stats. He's not propped up by great metrics. He, for me, is the go and watch him he's he's my alvin Kamara from last year um and and funny enough speaking of last year he's very kareem huntish uh horrendous metrics didn't didn't post anything great obviously kareem had some some nice college production but the you know the the combine and in pro day stuff it wasn't super friendly to him he's he's compact he's solid five nine two ten um he doesn't really look like he's built built but he runs through pretty much everything that's in front of him um the the craziest thing i think for him and this might be kind of stupid but his stiff arm is so nasty go watch floor go watch him play florida um it's it was life-changing for me he made that team look so bad for four quarters it was hilarious um so just go uh, watch that one game is what you're saying well i mean watch watch his body of work because he he is he's solid you know he's he does a lot of things he didn't he didn't get tons and tons of production uh obviously they've had some running backs there so it was really his final year where everything came from but he's he's a no-nonsense guy he's he's downhill but he's also agile and in you know he can catch the ball which i think is his biggest his biggest threat is is catching the ball and I think he can do some damage there. 
Yeah, and I mentioned how low catch numbers can be misleading for a workhorse bat at the, back at the college level. But when someone has a high catch total like John Kelly did in 2017 with 37 catches, that certainly shows that this is a guy that is going to be utilized in the passing game at the next level. So a guy who had a 4.1 yards per – I mean, yards per run in 2017, maybe that's not that impressive. But the fact that he was involved in the passing game with 37 catches, 8.1 yards per catch – He's a guy that is going to be versatile in an NFL offense, and it's all about – in terms of a fantasy production, it's all about where he goes in the NFL draft and what opportunity he gets early on. Yeah, yep. I mean, isn't that, isn't that necessary? I mean, that's kind of the case with all of these guys is their, their draft capital is going to really just prop where they end up going in these drafts. Right, but in, in terms of these guys, when we get past maybe the Ronald Jones, Sonny Michelle, Darius Geis, yep. Nick Chubb, once we get back past those guys – it's really going to decide between Mark Walton and John Kelly and a few of these other guys that would have gone if we had extended this draft. It, it kind of decides, okay. And this, this is where I guess this is the one mistake that people will make is that if there is a better landing spot in like the fourth round rather than a, you know, a better running back in the second or third round, don't make that mistake. Don't pick Jeremy McNichols at one twelve. Don't, <laughs> Don't pick Marlon. Don't pick Marlon Mack at 109. Those are mistakes that are made from people who are picking fourth and fifth round running backs. So don't don't reach for those later round guys uh, just because they get in that sexier spot. Jay Ajahi comes to mind in a particular well, no, no, year. No, Jay, no, Jay Ajahi nope, was a nope, successful. Nope, it was said. Nope, nope, it was said. It's, it was said. He's garbage. Um, before we eclipse an hour. Before we eclipse an hour. Everyone give me one more guy that would be around this area. Eric, go. All right. Real quick, maybe EQ, SB. Yeah. Going at the end be, here? That would that's be one of mine. Um, my, my next one would actually be uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, tied in Penn State, blew up the combine. I think he, he's a guy the guy who first? could go. I mean, no, like in the early second. <laughs> around this zone. Somebody that's kind of piquing your interest around these parts. So we, we said R2, your turn, Dan. Okay, uh, one for me, and he's going to get propped up when he gets drafted really high. Uh, Antonio Callaway, absolute moron off the field. No, he's not getting drafted high. He's going to be a seventh round Absolute pick. moron off the field, but we also saw Joe Mixon get drafted relatively high, and I could see something like that happening for Antonio Callaway because he legitimately could be the most talented wide receiver in this class. He's just an idiot. Idiots don't pan out that often in the NFL, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying it's I'm all just, about upside at this I, point. Yep. I mean I, I agree with you. I'm just say I'm just saying idiots just have a bad track record in the NFL. <laughs> okay. Well then let me let me go back and just say don't draft any quarterbacks right here. Don't draft quarterbacks in the early second or in the second at all. Wait for the third when you can get Lamar Jackson because he'll be the best one of all. Then don't wait till the second. Don't right, do that. don't. Don't do that. That's don't draft Josh Allen at all. Don't don't even <laughs> let somebody else have Josh. All right, wrap it up. Since I'm done having a coughing fit here. Um Eric's dying. Guys, it's been a true pleasure doing hundred episodes with you. That is, for those of you keeping score at home, it's like two years of this podcast happening. Week Damn in close. and week out. I think we've only missed one week, and that was over like uh over a holiday weekend, I think, was what that was. That was this year, I think, over like New Year's. I think we've one only missed two. one week all in, one or two. It's pretty good, uh, guys. We, we missed a week when I was in Mexico and my mom like broke her arm, so that was fun. <laughs> that wasn't fun. That, yeah, that it's not fun. fun. That wasn't fun. I will say, this is probably the most prepared we've been for a show since like the first dozen. 
Speak for yourself, Dan. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Speak for myself. (laughs) Nathan's the only one that preps. We did. Uh, we did. Eric we shows up episode on something that I on something that I'm not ready for. Perfect. That's great. You did well. I'm actually proud of you. You you brought some takes aside from being completely wrong about James Washington calling AJ Green. <laughs> um, we can add that to the blooper reel, and maybe that the next time, maybe at 200 episodes, somebody will bring up you calling James Washington AJ Green. We'll bring <laughs> well, that up, and we can give them an FFPC giveaway. You know, I'll try to remember. Uh, I'll try to remember <laughs> why that that was there, but I remember distinctly having the thought. And you know, as a Bengals fan, that's a high a high uh, designation for me. That's high praise. That's that's lofty. <laughs> that's clouds it, praise. It is indeed. Um, all right. Well, on the note of we've got we've over a hundred episodes. We've dragged out these episodes from thirty minutes to over an hour. Uh, maybe not drag them out to two hours by the time we are done with 200 episodes, guys. Next week will be 30 minutes. I'm calling it now. All right, let's just I'll, I'll, I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, I also have zero content. <laughs> we're going to play 28 minutes of games and we're going to have two ad reads and it's going to be it. See, that's what we should have done for the 100th episode is just goofed around the whole time. No, 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 101. no. no. 101 Dalmatians. There we go. Just play games the whole time. All right. We'll play 101 Dalmatians next time. Dan, Beautiful. think of the game. I'll think. It'll, be about spot. It'll be about spots. <laughs> okay. Well, 100 episodes of the Dynasty Tradecast. Make sure you go out, rate, and review us on iTunes. Uh, there are, believe it or not, people that like Dynasty football that haven't heard of our podcast. And by rating and reviewing this podcast, you help others find this. If they're getting into Dynasty or are super hard advocates for Dynasty, uh, this helps people find us. So we really appreciate any ratings and reviews on iTunes or any of the platforms that you listen to the show. Um, and for the 100th time, I am I am Eric. Wow, I almost introduced myself as Dan. That would have been interesting. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I am Eric. That is Dan, that is Nathan, and uh, you know what? We'll catch up with you guys next week, and I'll have a very similar intro for the 101st show. Cheers, y'all. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Say Metro by T-Mobile, got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly, because Metro has two lines for 80 and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free, plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.